We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ian Codd from The Athletic joins us today to recap AL Labor here on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. We are brought to you by WinBet. Clay Link here with Rotowire's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. We have a guest today. Ian Kahn from The Athletic. Ian, thanks so much for stopping by, man. Always a pleasure. Come on, How are man. You? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm back with my old partners in crime. It's so good to be with you guys. Uh, Clay, you were desperately missed uh, at the uh, auction table this year, and we got my partner, James Anderson, uh, who stepped in and did a, a, a fine job as far as I'm concerned. And I'm excited to talk about this uh, auction. It was a unique experience for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've I enjoyed my time, but I thought James, you know, more than deserving of that spotlight, I think he's the best fantasy player at Rotowire. So I'm glad he's getting his feet wet in labor. James, how did you find the experience in your first go around at the AL labor table? Metaphorical, it wasn't I, live. This I year. mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was one of the funnest nights I've, I've had. Uh, Ian called me like five minutes before the auction started and uh, it was just kind of surreal talking to the, uh, the record setting champ from last year, like right oh. before things were getting going. And, um, you know, I just I have so much respect for all the people in this league and everything that they've accomplished. And it was just a real honor to, to be a part of it. It's awesome, man. Yeah, congrats on your first year of labor in the books. Looking forward to seeing how you do. And Ian, yeah, your year last year was really something else. You blew the field away by what thirty some points, Roto uh, points. Yeah, I think congrats I, on a great year. Thanks, man. I think I ended with one hundred and ten point five, and Schechter ended with eighty six. Um, so yeah, out of one twenty, it was about. I, I actually went back and looked at the auction from last year and sort of saw what the numbers were. Um, and I just got lucky. I mean, I just, I picked everybody, everybody I picked except for Renato Nunez was a, a win, you know, Robbie Ray for four bucks, Cedric Mullins for three bucks. I mean, just all the way up and down the the line. So it, it won't happen like that again. I know that. And uh, it was, but it was, yeah, it was a sort of a charmed year. I, I kidded with my wife at the end of the season. I was like, I think I could retire right now. Like, let's call it. And she was like, what? I was like, I'm never going to do better. Like, I know that. And she said, yeah, but you enjoy it. And I was like, I do. I enjoy it a lot. So I get to keep playing the game with uh, with the best in the game. So, um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, that field is insane and uh, absolutely, you know, cutthroat. Very little room 
very little margin for profit when you look at the board. And uh, yeah, I, I had some, some decent years in labor last you year. Did? I had Vladdy for 24 and finished like bottom five or so, but um, Vlad then goes for 40 this year. And then you post auction Ian. Yeah. I don't know if you want to get to this right off the bat, but you made a big tra- yeah, trade to acquire. Do, do you want it? Okay. Vladimir Guerrero. I did. So uh, Clay Link was not in the league. So there was a chance to acquire Vladimir Guerrero this year. Uh, <laughs> any other time that, that I have been in a draft table with Clay Link, and we've done a number of them through the years, I know that I am not going to get Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah, that's obnoxious. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's not. It's it's just like it, it is what it is. Like you can, and also you could tell with the way Clay would bid. Like the the like if I went to 21, 21 hit twenty two comes right away. Twenty three, twenty four. He's like, and it's like, all right, well, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna keep back it. off, pal. back off. Yeah, that's the vibe of it. <laughs> and um, so what happened was I ended up overall. I'm very very happy, and especially very happy now that the trade has been made. I ended up kind of getting caught because I had Garrett Cole as a $44 player and Brett Sayre. And I was trying to get Jose Ramirez back again this year. I went to 41. Brett Sayre goes to 42 and I'm like, Nope, not going to 43. About three players later, Brett and I start fighting over Garrett Cole. He has it at 36. It's going once going twice. I'm like, my number's 44 here. I'm going to go to 37, at least push him to 38. The room stops. And I went, wow. All right. I can, I can make the adjustment here. I can totally make the adjustment here. So I made, I was like, all right, I took an ace. It wasn't my plan at all, but okay, let's make the adjustment. About 15, no, 20 picks later, Robbie Ray comes up. Now I got Robbie Ray for four bucks last year. As I said, I never like to buy a player that I got at a discount that blew up the next year at that price. I just sort of just don't want to do it. It's like I, I paid four bucks for him. That's what you should pay for Robbie Ray. Now I know I'm not going to get him before I had a $27 uh, number on him going into the auction and my absolute like if he's there at $21 I gotta take him because he's $21 right even though I really wanted to play 10 to $14 for this auction and on the pitching side just the way it was set up well Larry Schechter bid 20 and it was going once and it was going twice and I went I'm not giving Darth Vader that's what I call Larry Schechter by the way I'm not giving Darth Vader Robbie Ray for 20 bucks. I'm bidding 21. He'll at least go to 22. Someone else is, someone's got to step in. It stopped right there. So all of a sudden I've got Garrett Cole and Robbie Ray. I haven't gotten the closer that I was planning to pay for. And I'm like, all right, now I'm really. So I'm like, I better get some bats. So I ended up just looking for value all the way through. I think I got a lot of value. I'm very happy with the value as the draft goes on. Michael Kopech is there for 11 bucks. I, I had him for seven, $16 this year, Michael Kopech. At 11 it was at 10 going once, going twice. I'm like, 11 I ended up spending $110 on pitching. I walked out of that auction going, I got great value. I have too much pitching. I don't have enough hitting. I need more power. I've got plenty of speed. I bought tons of speed. I paid for it. I found it. And Jorge Mateo, man, Jorge Mateo. And I was just like, I got I to gotta fix this. So... I called, I looked, I looked at the teams and I went, Colette needs a pitcher and he has too much hitting. I have too much pitching. Let's make a trade. I offered him Cole for Vlad. We can't really do it like that. We have to add a pitcher and a hitter in. And if he gave me Vlad without getting something back, without getting a bat back, then all of a sudden maybe his hitting isn't quite good enough. So we added Jordan Montgomery and Luke Voigt. So I got back Vlad and Jordan Montgomery. He got Cole and Luke Voigt. 
So that is a $25 change in my pitching. So now I'm pitching with $85 with largely value. I, I'm mad at myself about one player in particular, which we can get into, but I, I'm balanced. I've got value. I feel good right now. At least I feel good. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's the story of how Colette and I made the trade and it was over the phone because that's how you make good trades. Get on the phone with people and figure oh, well, out. Jason yeah. was writing a little bit about it in his latest article. Uh, latest collect calls and kind of just you know I, I appreciate that you threw out you know, Cole for Vladdy right away. That's that's how you go about making those trades. They can expand from there, but very reasonable one for one challenge trade. And I assume you have, but have you ever made a trade so soon after a draft or auction? Ian, you know I I know that <laughs> who was it? I forget who it was. Oh, it was Collette. He said, you know, you broke the record for most points in the history of labor. Last year, was I, said, that? Wow. I said, yeah. And he said, and now you've broken the record for fastest trade in the history of labor. And I went, that's good too. I like that. I like that. So yeah, man, I, I actually, it's changing how I'm thinking about drafting, uh, auctioning, moving forward. I like, I think the ability to get value all the way throughout, I'm not going to worry about my splits maybe as much because I can find the trades. I can reach out and say, James, you've got too much pitching. I've got too much hitting. How about this little 10 for 10? but I'm still holding the value of the Garrett Whitlocks for $9 that, that I wouldn't have taken if I was like, Oh my God, I've spent too much on, on pitching. I'll spend the $9 on a player. That's only worth four as a bat. No, I can take him, get the value. Cause I Whitlock also at like $13 and then trade that player to get a equally valued player. So that kind of scarcity, I think it's changing how I'm going to move forward. We'll see how it works. Nice. And when we had you on the XM show last Saturday, uh, I think that was it. Was a Sunday? I believe it was Sunday. Sunday. Either way, I was marveling at your Cedric Mullins, Robbie Rayford combined seven. And I said, "Who do you think on your team? You know, who as you look at it, whose value is going to explode this year?" And you said Jorge Mateo at three bucks. And so I actually, thanks to you, I went out and grabbed him at TGFBI. So thank you, Ian. I hope yeah. that pays off. I'm appealing to authority in that regard. James, she, what do you think of Jorge Mateo? Uh. About the same thing I had thought of Cedric Mullins last year. Um, <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, he's got opportunity I, uh, on his side, like Mullins did. But look I at what he, the appeal. Look at what he did. I mean, look at what he did in those 194 at bats. He, I think, was it six home runs. It may have only been four. Was it like eight stolen bases? He hit like 270. I was watching him play. He's got the pedigree of speed. He's like Billy Hamilton's speed from a couple of years back, stolen bases. He was stealing 60, 70 stolen bases in the minor leagues. He's not going to steal that much, but he's also not going to hit for nothing the way Billy Hamilton did. And I, I am a huge, I, I think Mateo could just blow up this year. I really do. And, uh, I, you know, is he going to be Cedric Mullins and go 30-30? No. But could he play every day? and steal 35 bases and hit 15 home runs with a 250 average? Yeah, I think he can. And that's why for $3, it's a no-brainer. I was willing to go to seven. I was going to go to seven on Mateo. Opportunity and speed, both both in his corner for sure. So, yeah, I took a flyer there. Late in the reserves, it seems like nobody's really on him still, even though you're singing his praises, Jorge Mateo. James, you did, uh, you did land Alec Manoa. I'm so proud. I'm like a proud dad here. And we talked on the show for weeks leading up to this, how you had a one player plan. That was Alec Manoa. 
But no, you had a, a larger plan in place too to acquire some some White Sox. You did get Tim Anderson, but you you backed off on Luis Robert. You you had to uh, had to leave him be because the price was getting prohibitive. But how did you think the pieces fit when it was all said and done for your team? Yeah, Anderson was the most important hitter in my pre-draft or pre-auction plan, and so. Uh, Getting him for twenty eight was steal a few dollars shy of what I was willing to go there. I was I was like really doing fist pumps and stuff. You should be. It was huge. Twenty eight. Huge. Because uh, I think you didn't you get him last year for thirty, Ian. Yes, sir, I did. And this year, if I didn't bit, if I didn't grab Whit Merrifield early, I you and I would have done one of our old fashioned me 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 me. I want him. I want him. I was going to thirty one for sure. But yeah, and yeah, exactly. And so I, I looked at last year's results, saw that he went for 30 and saw the, uh, you know, the American League shortstop pool. And I kind of was expecting 30 as sort of a best case scenario this year. And so the 28 was uh, great. I mean, the, the other two White Sox I wanted, Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez went for much more than I uh, yeah. budgeted on them. So uh fell out there, but I thought I pivoted. Okay. With, with Buxton for 27 and Springer for 26. Um, they were guys that I was willing to, to buy. They weren't my primary targets there, but uh, yeah, honestly, I, I think offensively there's not much I would have done differently. Nice. Check out the full board for yourself, by the way, James tweeted out a link and it's just rtsports.com slash labor. L-A-B-R dash A-L dash auction. You can see, uh, you know, for yourself. And also Jason Klett tweeted out the nomination order. Mm -hmm. And, you know, context is important with these prices. A lot has to do with draft dynamics and that nom order. Um, So, yeah, definitely definitely check those out. And, uh, James, I I know you said that you got Jamer Candelario here. And I think this was – you said you, you drafted him three times in the span of 24 hours. Yeah, I took him. I took him in labor, tout, and TGFBI all in a uh, twenty-four hours. Man. That makes me annoyed. You know that makes me annoyed. You know that's my guy. I've, you know that's my guy. You know that's my guy. And you did and you I were fighting the, for it. Did you have him on the championship team last year? Yes, I did. I yeah, had him for nine dollars last year. Did. I had him for nine dollars last year, and I talked him up. And I was, and I'm sitting there, and I said, the one third baseman I want, I'm just going to get Jamer. I'm going to go up to sixteen dollars on him. Um, I ended up going to seventeen dollars on him because my partner James Anderson went to eight, then went to eighteen dollars on him, and then I went fine. It was one, it was really one of my most frustrating moments in the draft because I was like, I can't go to nineteen. I just I can't, and I ended up getting Donaldson for sixteen, which is a good price. But mm, mm. 18, 18 was my max on Candelario. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then Donaldson was actually my fallback. So what did you have you Donaldson got- for? Um, I had him for 17. You want to make a trade? So a little quick spot. No, (laughs) no, I, I actually, I prefer Candelario. I mean, Donaldson easily higher upside. It's just, I, I like the uh, steady, you know, durability batting third in the lineup doubles going to turn into home runs. I love Jamer Candelario. Love him. Even though I'm no longer in the league. I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. Or, well, yes, I mean, kind of my Candelario sort of 
encapsulates my general strategy for this auction is, is just getting as many full-time uh, compilers that weren't going to hurt my batting average as possible, basically. Like, you know, just yeah, playing that every day. King. Plate appearance. King, yeah. king, king. Everything. What were you going to say, though, Clay, about you're no longer in the league? I was going to say I'm no longer in the league, but I'm glad to see that the NFBC crew, uh, Greg Ambrosius, Sean Childs, picked up the torch of overspending for some of these youngsters. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kelnick for 18. Bobby Witt for 20. Franco, 28. I'm all right. Uh, Torkelson for eight. Rutschman for nine. (laughs) Melendez, too. So they, they went real hard on the young youngsters and uh james the only looks like the only prospect you really got was cody morris for a buck in the end game he got cassis too he got oh, cassis yeah. kyle spell counts as a prospect oh yeah kyle spell for three uh but yeah a lot of those kind of boring old c- compilers as you said i, I love mancini and hanniger that combo because they both missed time quite a bit of time recently but not with like chronic injuries serious issues but not something you you know, build in miss time for in the future. We fought over uh, Hanniger too. We were battling over Hanniger. It's real interesting to get into a battle with people over players. I don't know if you feel this, James or Clay, if you feel this, but the, the relationship actually goes into it. Like with James, he's my partner. We've partnered on teams for a very, very long time. And it's his first year in the league. And I'm like, I don't want to screw him. Whereas Darth Vader, Darth Vader, I'm going to, I'm going to go the extra. Sorry, Darth. How's it feel for you, Darth? I'm going to just give you that little extra dollar. How about that? Now you want him, you don't, you know? So it it is interesting to, uh, you know, Steve Gardner and I partner on a team too. So it's like, who are the guys that you kind of lay off a little bit? Like, all right, you can have them. And who are the guys you're like, nah, come on, bring it. So, I mean, you, you set the record last year. So I didn't feel that level of pressure to lay off of you. And uh, nobody did. Hanniger Hanniger was the one purchase. You you mentioned how, um, you know, Cole, Ray, Kopech, those were guys where you were just like, I I can't let them go for this. Uh, Hanniger was my one purchase where I, you know, he was, he was someone that was on my, willing to draft list, but he wasn't a target, but I just, when he was at 19 and he was about to go, I was just like, no, no way. That was uh, to me, by the way, just to be clear, I was about to get him at 19. I think <laughs> I couldn't let you get him for 19. I'm sorry. Fair enough. It's fair enough. No, no, no it would have, it would have fit quite nicely, but that's why, you know, it's it, one thing that I want to ask you about is I remember watching Eloy. That bidding was really interesting to me because I had him for like 22 or 23. Like that's the number I had for him because I'm I'm big on his upside, of course, and he's going to grow into a great player. He hasn't shown it yet. So you bid 23. What did he end up at? 29 to 29. 29, Right. So you bid. This went on for a minute. You went 23. No, they went 23. And I was like, oh, he's going to get him there. Then you went 24. And I was like, oh, wow, James. Okay. All right. Go get it. Go get your guy. They went to 25. And I was like, damn, all right. You went to 26. And I was like, ooh, I don't know if you should have done that. They went to 27. I was like, what's going on? You went to 28. And I was like, all right, that's it. And then they went to 29 and you stopped. That surprised me. And I kind of thought, what's your thinking on that? What was your thinking on Eloy at that? I mean, am am I describing it properly? Is that what was going Um, on? I 
I know. I mean, I was definitely in on the bidding. Uh, you might be right. My number on him before was 25. Um, I might have gotten to 28. I feel like maybe there was a third party involved. But um, I, you know, I, I was, uh, it was sort of a stage in the auction where like, I really wanted him. I think he's going to be viewed as like a 30 plus dollar player next year. Um, but I, and it was the part of the auction where I think like sometimes the worst thing you can do is not spend money on those sort of high end guys and just hold too much money. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you get to that point where the only people to spend the money on are guys who are a clear couple steps below those other guys. So like I, like I went $2 over my price on Buxton because I was missing out on my preferred targets. And I was like, well, I can't just not get any of these guys. So I like, I have to, I have to buy some impact outfielders. And so uh, I'm happy that I didn't get stuck. If I was at 28 on Eloy, I'm very happy that I didn't get stuck with him there. Mm -hmm. um, he is, you know, I, I 100% believe in the talent and, uh, like, I think he's basically going to be Nelson Cruz 2.0, but, uh, the one thing with him is there's always been sort of nagging injuries, uh, mm -hmm. lower body injuries, and the White Sox haven't done a good enough job of clearing the path to everyday at bats at DH for him. So, uh, that's my main worry with him is like, I'm, I would sort of expect him to miss 25 games or so. Yeah, that's interesting. I, Interesting to hear, Ian, that you have about a $6 difference, Sonny Loy, from where he went in AL Labor at 29. I took him in the fourth round of TGFBI. Uh, I like him a lot, but, yeah, those lower body issues, he's, he's just such a big guy. Like mm -hmm. I could just see those continuing to uh, hamper him a little bit. Well, we're continuing to talk AL Labor, the League of Alternative Baseball Reality, with our guest Ian Kahn. We have to take care of some business real quick. We'll be back after these messages. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. And we are back on the Rotowire Prospect podcast, sponsored by WinBet. 
Clayling, James Anderson, and Ian Kahn here recapping last Friday night's AL Labor auction and reserve round draft. And uh, James, I got to ask you real quick before we get back to Ian's team. Carlos Hernandez at four is a guy that you've kind of opened my eyes to. Mm. Split time between the bullpen and starting last year. And uh, I just didn't see him a whole lot there myself. But you, you see a little upside there, especially at four bucks on your team. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten him in almost every draft so far this year. Uh, he's riskier in this format than he is in just your standard like NFBC draft because if if for some reason he maybe takes a step back with the command or something like that, I'm kind of stuck with him in my lineup and I just have to eat it in the ratios. But I think he has the highest ceiling of any of the Royal starters and uh, his stuff. Like I, I love his his pitch mix. He he kind of still has to put it all together. But when you have the upper 90s fastball and the multiple off-speed pitches that are in the, the 80s, uh, it just really makes it tough on hitters to, to kind of make a decision of, of how they want to approach the, the at-bat. And uh, just, you know, if you watch video of him, he looks the part of a future yes. Yes. absolute stud. And so Absolutely. It's, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I just I like him at the price. Can I say something? I love yeah. Carlos. I, 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 I had to, I've talked about this on this show. I've talked about it on every show. I freaking love Carlos Hernandez. I love the way he engages the game. He loves to play baseball. He's throwing upper 90s. I, this was a point in the draft where I was like, I can't spend any more money on pitching. I hadn't thought through that I could make the trade later. And I was like, I'm already up to 100 bucks. I got to go dollar days on pitchers and I got to get hitters. So James, what James did here is some of my favorite part of anybody in the draft. I love what he did here. His pitching, he's got, hold on, where is it? Oh, Manoa. First of all, I think Manoa is just a beast, just a beast. I'm not, I, I don't love the $18 on Luis Garcia, but that's me. Um, I got a blind spot there. But the Carlos Hernandez for four, Corey Kluber for four, Nestor Cortez for four, and maybe even Reed Detmers for four, I think is brilliant. I think you've got so much upside there and you haven't paid that much money for them that, worst case scenario, you can even drop them. Like if they're if they're blowing it, if Carlos Hernandez is is, is uh, Cinderella after the ball, not Cinderella at the ball, then you can drop him four bucks. You're not you're not it's not killing you. Um, but I love Carlos Hernandez so much. Like I actively, I try to I got him everywhere except for Devils Rejects last year because we were out of. <laughs> remember we were out of pickups yeah. that week, and I was trying to trade for pickups, and then you and Eno picked him up, and I was just like. No, like I love this kid. I just think he's got so much. I talk about it on uh, the podcast that I do on a weekly basis under the radar, which is the fantasy baseball, uh, the athletic fantasy baseball podcast that I do with our friend, Derek Van Riper and Nando DeFino uh, every, uh, well, it used to be Tuesdays. Right now it's coming out on Fridays during the off season. And I've been talking about Carlos Hernandez with such passion. And it was just like, I was like, all right, at least James gets him. Like I, I really had that feeling throughout most. Of it. I was like, all right, James gets him. At least, at least it's going to my well, guy. Yeah, I, I I've been loving the under the radar apps this off season. Uh, you guys are always kind of you know bringing a a good spirit to the the discussion, even when uh, times are not so great. But um, and Ariel yeah, Cohen was, impressions and Ariel Cohen impressions. 
Correct. Uh, <laughs> extremely good. Impressions. <laughs> oh, thank um, you very much. I, you know, I work hard at it and, and there's a reason. Sorry. <laughs> Just a little bit of Oriole coming for you. That, you know, the, that, that run of those four guys, those four, $4 so SPs was my favorite part of my yes auction too. So I was uh, really happy for you with that. And I think that quartet for 16 combined is pretty crazy. So good. So good. That's like, if, if everything else works out and you win this league to me, it's because of those. And you get the ACE with Manoa. I had seen something about Manoa, um, which I talked about on the, under the radar that his, uh, hard hit rate was like lowest in baseball. Am I, uh, am I right about that? Like, yeah, no, I, I remember you say, I remember you. Well, I remember you said that on a under the radar episode. And I was like, man, is Ian going to fight me on Manoa and I, labor? I was <laughs> going to fight you on Manoa. He was going to be, I was going to pay for Montas or Manoa. Those were my targets. I was going to pay in that 21, 22 up to $23 range. Um, those were the two pitchers I wanted, but Cole knocked me out of that conversation. And then Ray double knocked me out of that conversation. You know, I was going to, I budgeted 20 bucks, which is now what I have, which is why it's kind of exciting. I've got the $20 ACE, hopefully, hopefully ACE, Robbie Ray ACE, and then the guys behind and underneath. You're going to get to my big mistake at some point, Clay, I'm sure. Uh, well, I, I just, get there. I really want to oh, go ahead. I, I want to quickly um, um, just give sort of a, a selling point on one more of the those SPs, uh, Corey Kluber. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, I think he could be this year's Adam Wainwright mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like a just a super old vet going after pick three hundred who uh, just gets you the wins, get you the solid ratios, and you know I think he could push. I mean, it's not like the Rays are going to be careful with his innings this year. Um, but right. let's, let's, uh, and, and just the upgrade of going from the catchers who were catching them last year to the catchers who are going to be catching them this year. Um, pretty big difference. Yeah, I was going to bring up another one of those guys, N- nasty Nestor Cortez. Love it. A Cortez guy. Ian? Yes, sir. $4. I had a, do- I had $7 on Nestor Cortez. I was playing. I was going to get Nestor Cortez. I was going to get Nestor Cortez was on my team. Carlos Hernandez was going to be on my team. Reed Detmers was a guy that I wanted to play with. Just, I mean, I knew it. I'd have to draft him. So all of Kluber was another guy like James. It was almost like he had my sheet um, because <laughs> well, those, those are the, those are the, those are the priced players that you want. I really like those pitchers. I like them a lot. Nice. Yeah. So I, should... I was telling James, I like, uh, Loisaga in that range where Cortez goes, but maybe so why not? Too? Maybe not a why not both no, situation. Okay. James, sorry, what, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, should Clay and I try to guess the pick you regret? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's can. try to do that because I was looking it over. I couldn't really figure it out. There's one. There's one that James. That... Why don't you take your guess? Hitter or pitcher? No. 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 <laughs> no clue. No. Um, okay, uh, David Fletcher. 13. No, but I, I, David Fletcher was my starting second baseman last year. I got him at $9. He was key to the championship. He gives me runs. He gives me average. He gives me stolen bases. He gives me 162 games, hopefully, unless something shifts. Although I still think he's going to get that much and he's going to play every day in AL labor. A player like David Fletcher is worth that probably a dollar less, but at that time in the draft in the auction, there was no shortstop left that I wanted. And so I wanted to pay. I had him for twelve. I ended up paying thirteen. So okay, no. let me let me get one more guess. 
Go for it. Yeah. Uh, Bruhan six. No, I'm good with Bruhan. I already got an offer. Got already got a trade offer for Bruhan. If <laughs> Bruhan lands, if Bruhan lands, I'm going to be running away with stolen bases. And what you got to think of in an only league is it's almost like math. It's like if Bruhan plays, if he if he doesn't play, okay. But then I've got Nick Gordon ready to move into that middle infield slot, who's was my first reserve pick, which gave you Tristan Cassis because I was going to take Cassis, but I thought you'd get mad, and so I was like, I do need. I'm going to put Nick Gordon in there for Riley Green, so that when Riley Green comes up, I can do it. Nick Gordon and Jorge Mateo, I think, are both going to have middle infield, so I, I might have to pick somebody up for a couple of weeks. I may have to buy Carlos Correa in the auction in the in the Fab thing. Uh, no, I'm I'm good on Bruhan because he'll I'll be able to move him if he's running. If he's playing and if he's good and if he runs, I could trade him for a, a closer in a minute. Like I could trade him for to somebody who because I have more speed than anybody in this league. So I already got people who are saying, hey, I could use your speed. I just don't like what they're offering yet. So no, that's not I'll give you a hint. It's a pitcher. I was gonna say maybe Garrett Whitlock at nine. No, I love get love Whitlock. Mm. Love Whitlock. If he's a starter, I love him. If he if he's not a starter, I think he'll be the closer if they don't sign Jansen. I love his stuff. 1.96 ERA, 0.96 whip or something over a strikeout and inning. No, I had Whitlock for $14, so I'm happy with nine. I was going to say him mostly because he already had Kimbrell and Soto. That's why you said his name. Is it it Kimbrell because he might get traded? It's Kimbrell. Because if he doesn't get traded, it's, it's not a good pick. So well, I, you not, not only do you need him to get traded, but you need him to get traded within the AL. That is not correct, my friend. The rule is that if he starts on your team in the American League, if they trade him to the Braves or they trade him to the Mets or they trade him anywhere, you get to keep him. Otherwise, I would not have made that pickup. So you can you get to keep your stats for the player after they're traded to the National League, which was not something I knew until last year. But and I read know. the rules twice, yeah. and I even I even missed that. <laughs> well, that happens to the best of us. But Ian, I mentioned that the NFBC team kind of cornered the market on the youngsters, and this is not really something that I've seen you do in our time playing fantasy together. But you actually went with a youngster in Riley Green, who you kind of just mentioned in passing. Uh, Five dollars for Green seems pretty reasonable. Uh, you will have to probably swap him out for a while. Uh, but do you see him being? you know, maybe a $15 player in this format next year. I am going to bow my head to the prospect master who is James Anderson to ask him what he thinks about that pickup. Uh, let me just double check what my price was. Um, I only had a $3 price on green, but I liked, like, I just, I had no idea really what to expect from the prospect prices. And my biggest surprise um, was that guys like Julio Rodriguez and Grayson Rodriguez were going for as much or more than guys like Riley Green, who are just going to really probably destroy them in terms of plate appearances. Um, Like I felt like name value was counting for more than proximity when it came to a lot of the prospects and, uh my like i basically maybe it was because i was just trying so hard to as the prospect guy not be the guy that left the auction with a bunch of prospects Mm -hmm. but um i just wanted i wanted to get boring guys on the cheap and just try to get plate appearances rather but james what do you think riley green does this year 
in terms of plate appearances. And then if he's up, does he, what is his average? I mean, I think he's going to hit for power. He's going to steal a few bases too. Uh, he's faster, I think, than I thought. Um, but what do you think in terms of plate appearances? I'm guessing he's down till May. Um, but I feel like he's going to come up, but you tell me. Well, no, I mean, I, so, you know, I think he could be up on opening day. It like, it's just, there's a lot of tweets out there and a lot of reporting that makes it seem like they're going to do something that enables teams to have a Riley green and Spencer Torkelson on the opening day roster. Uh, like I've, Give me Riley Green at five over Julio Rodriguez at five or Spencer Torkelson at eight, like all day, every day, twice on cool. Sunday. Uh, I guess I'm just – I don't think anyone should be really, really confident that Bobby Witt or Riley Green is going to hit 250 or better. Um, like I, I think – like I love Riley Green and Redraft because of where he's going compared to Bobby Witt because I think they – have very similar floors and ceilings this year. And one of them goes 200 picks later. I just think there, there still is a chance like Riley green, I think is going to be a monster uh, long-term, but I still think there is a chance that he has some struggles in year one. I, I learned this from, from clay link, that genius guy over there. Um, because last year he got Wander Franco for six bucks. And then I spent the whole beginning of the season trying to trade for Wander Franco. Remember, I was offering you <laughs> Liam Hendricks That's for right. Franco and Kalanick, I think it was. I'm oh. glad we didn't make that trade. But just oh, having him down, the ability to take a guy in this particular format, you can't take anybody out of your lineup. So having a free spot built in through the auction is a good move. So having Riley Green, in my estimation, starting in the minor leagues, just frees up a lot of possibilities for me to pick up other players. And uh, that was that was part of the process of it. I also think he could, I'm going to say, 375 at-bats, uh, 257 batting average uh, with uh, 17 home runs. Ooh, maybe not. 14 home runs. Um, and how many stolen bases, James, in this 425? Like six? Five, six? More than that. Sweet. So now you're talking about a $11 player or so, and I'm getting them for five, and it gives me the flexibility. And if I have a full lineup, it, because of the rules, if he's down in the minor leagues and gets called up, I don't have to put him right in the lineup. I can wait three weeks before he goes into the lineup, which is a real benefit in this format. You got to play the format too. You got to understand the format. Yeah, the prospects have that unique flexibility, and that does does help their cause. But yeah, whatever value I got from Franco last year was wiped out by Kelnick, and that kind of provides a larger uh, cautionary tale when it comes to rostering prospects. James, you got Rysel Iglesias as your top priced pitcher at twenty three. He was among the first round of players thrown out. Was that one where you had seen the price on Liam Hendricks? 26 and you wanted to get in on that closer pool or did you just kind of want to see what the continue to see how the market would shape up for relief pitchers? Uh, I knew I was going to get one of Hendricks, Iglesias and Classe, and I had a $25 on Hendricks. Schechter went to 26. I had 23 on Iglesias. Nobody went to 24 when I was at 23. So I ended up with him. I uh, kind of figured at that point that, Class A would go for less than Iglesias, which he did. I think he went to 20 to Steve yep. Gardner. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, of course, I'd rather I'd rather have Class A at 21 than Iglesias at 23. 
But if I don't get Iglesias at 23, then as part of my plan, I need to get Class A. And who knows where that you're going at least 22 on class. A so, case. yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to just get it over with. I just wanted to be like, all right, got him and then move on to the next thing from there. Can I give my thought about that? Of course. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'm jealous because that's what I that was my plan. I was going to spend 20 on one starter and then up to 24 on one of the big closers, maybe even 25 on Hendricks, depending on who was bidding against me. If it was Darth Vader, definitely 25. Um, but uh Class A was actually, I, I went through because I had the first throw. And if we were live, I would have given it to James as the new player, as they did. Clay, remember when uh, Rick and Glenn did that for me in my first auction? Remember where oh, they yeah, like, Ian, you get to do it. And I was going to do it for James, but we weren't live, so I couldn't really do it. I went through a long period of time um, with Ariel Cohen because Ariel is sort of my, I, I talked to him a lot about pre draft, pre auction strategies. And, you know, you know, the strategy is anyway, I'm not going to do that. Um, but uh, I, I went through a long period where I really wanted to go first with class A. I wanted to throw class A out as the first because he's the one I wanted and I wanted to get him. I thought the closers were going to go higher. Even I thought that Hendricks was going to go for 28 to 29, Iglesias 24. So I thought if I throw class A out first with Iglesias still there and Hendricks still there, I could stem the bleeding at like 22. That was my thought process. And then, I decided not to do that. Um, I kind of wish I had done it, to be honest, uh, and decided to go for Ramirez, who I just who I had last year and I wanted to uh, get again uh, just to solve that third base problem, bring the stolen bases, all the things that, that Ramirez brings. Yeah, do you, I want to ask quickly about that. Uh, well, first of all, yeah, I think uh, it would have been fascinating if you had thrown Class A out first because I would I would have been in up to 23, I think. Then you probably would have gotten him. I would have stopped. I would have stopped thinking, all right, well, we've set the price on this. Now I know I'm actually going to go for Taylor Rogers at 13 or Craig Kimbrell at 11. Did I pay 11 or 12? Please tell me I paid 11. 11. Oh, that's not so bad. All right. So it wasn't so bad. 11 bucks. Not so bad. Um, I mean, that would have been a new, like it would have been me, the new guy, like class A's. He's sitting there at 22. I like him at 23. I have no idea what Iglesias and Hendricks are going to go for. So I would, I would have gone 23 there. All right. Well um, then it wouldn't have worked. I was thinking that everyone would say, you know what? Uh, It's 22. Ian's at 22. Uh, Well, Hendricks, I can get Hendricks for 24. I think I'd rather Hendricks or I'll I'll wait for Iglesias. You know, I was trying because there is a strategy to it all. There's a a real strategy to when you throw a person out, it, 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 it shifts everything. That's what I wanted to ask you about with Ramirez, Uh, Brett, uh, got him for 42. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I guess it with a guy like that, Ramirez is probably going to be one of the first three or four guys thrown out regardless. Yeah. So you don't, do you think him going out first changed the price at all there? I think that had I not, the reason I did it is I wanted to know, am I going to get this guy? Because I would have done the exact same thing I did last year, which is Ramirez. I got Ramirez for 39 last year and Tim Anderson for 30. And that base gave me, and then you add Cedric Mullins to that. And I had, I was first in steals and first in home runs and high average. So it was like, it had, it, it, it really set you up. Like I was insistent that I was going to pay for stolen bases. And the reason I wanted to pay for stolen bases is then you're not paying for a guy that's just going to give you stolen bases like a mile straw for me is not a guy that I want. I don't want mile straw. I don't trust that mile straw can't get struggle. And then all of a sudden Bradley Zimmer is getting time. 
because the Guardians are just going to go with a hot hand to see what they have for the future. So I, I just that's why I paid 31 for Whit Merrifield. Like I was insistent upon upon it. And I know that I can trade them. So I, I can trade steals. So I want to build up a, a, you know, a big lead in steals. I go up by 30 steals. Probably not that high, but 15 to 20 steals in June. And then I can move that for whatever else I need. Everything is towards moving players in this format for me. Nice. Yeah. And I correct me if I'm mistaken, but I'm almost positive that Gary Sanchez was on your championship winning team last year. Ian. As was Max Stassi, both. <laughs> so you, you brought them both Ran back. Yes, I did. Back. I like it. I brought him back. I brought those two back, Fletcher back, Robbie Ray back. If I could, and that's why I wanted Candelario back. Like, Get if the I team could, back together, come on, man. Love I can, uh, you know, these guys are, they, they know how to respond to, uh, they know <laughs> how to chemistry. respond to, to my, uh, to my, come on, guys. Not that that matters. Obviously, it doesn't matter at all. But no, I, 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 I like Stassi at six a lot. I like Stassi at six. And I also was clear that I needed power from catcher. I also, James, who did you take a catcher? Who, who are your two? Uh, Haim and Jeffers. Okay, yeah. Uh, for me, cat two, two good catchers is a game changer in this format. If you take two bad catchers, if you think about it, there's 12 teams. We're each taking two catchers. I want two top 15 catchers is what I want on my team. I want guys who are going to get 450 at-bats from that position. Because if someone's only getting 220 at-bats from that position, to me, you're really you're you're putting yourself in trouble. So I think Haim is going to get that. I think Haim is going to get 400 at-bats. He's also going to give you some steals. He can give you, you know, there's upside there. And Jeffers, it depends, right? I mean, it depends on what you think is going to happen with Garver. But uh, I like Jeffers. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my, my pre-auction plan at catcher was – uh, and I agree with everything you're saying. My my pre-auction plan was to go cheap, though, because I I wanted to build a base at the other offensive positions. And to me, like Sal Perez and um, Yasmani Grandal are maybe the only two good catchers in the AL like mm -hmm. or at least guys mm -hmm. guys where I'm like these guys are absolutely going to help me no matter what and in and so they weren't in my plan because I thought they'd go for more but I did not adjust on the fly like to me Sal Perez should have gone for more than 23 and Grandal should have gone for more than 17 but I just I'd done so much sort of prep on my plan that I didn't want to sort of throw it out the window that early on uh so, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I like I in Tout Wars, I use my third round pick and my fourth round pick on catchers. So like I, I definitely get what you're saying, but I just there were only like three to four guys I wanted mm -hmm. at first base, second base, third base, shortstop, uh, you know, only like 10 guys I wanted to build around in the outfield. So I just I was going to spend up there and just sort of hope that I got, you know, two guys who were going to play. 40 to 60% of the time at catcher. I, I I'm taking, I've taken a very different path from what you just described. It's a real difference of, uh, cause I used to play it that way. I don't play it that way anymore. Uh, I don't have any player anymore that I really want. I want the value that that's what I'm looking for. So I, I you know, there are players that I like, but first thing I'm looking for a hundred percent is value. 
Uh, need obviously need is there too. Like with Merrifield, there's not great value at 31. I think that's fair. I don't like Adolis Garcia. I don't like him. Look what happened in the second second half last year. But to get him for 13 in an ale only, where he could return 31 home runs and 16 stolen bases or 15, I don't remember, it's one of those. Returning that, not my kind of guy, not my kind of player. Not sure about the hit tool, but the value is there. And I, again, we'll see. I mean, I hate Kevin Kiermaier, but for two bucks, I'm taking Kevin Kiermaier because, you know, that's that's just the value. That's how I see it. Ariel Cohen is rubbing off on you, Ian. I like it too. I mean, he's taught me lessons too, and it is about about those pockets of value. And, you know, James, I think you can win how you did it with Haim and Jeffers, kind of the cheap route. Uh, but I've kind of you know, straight away from that in other leagues. Because last year in my in this league, my two catchers were Martin Maldonado and Kyle Higashioka. So um, Right, I remember. That was your team last year. So I've been working against Gary for a while, but you're still, you know, you're still uh, on Gary a little bit. You might be the, the last one in the industry. <laughs> well, but, I, I am not on Gary. I, I'm on Gary and Ale only okay. because I think he's going to hit 450 at bats. And I think he'll hit 25 home runs. Uh, and I think he's going to hit about 220, maybe 215. But uh, I, you know, to me at that point, I needed the power. And that value isn't great, but the 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 Stassi value is. I think I think Stassi is the starter unquestionably in, in Anaheim, uh, Los Angeles rather. And I think uh, I think that brings a lot of value. At least I, I hope so. But, yeah. dude, I could be so wrong. You could bring me on at the end of the season and say, Con, you're in last place with 53 points. And how to go for you now? I don't think that's going to happen. No, you never know. I mean, the former, the guy who held the record for most points was Dave Adler with 106. And he held that record for a long time. And last year, he was in that place. And Dave Adler could come back and just kick everybody's butt. So yeah, you, you just, you just never know. And I was on Higashioka a little bit just as a cheap catcher, just because I was. I was totally out on Gary and I thought he was pretty much toast in New York, but he actually, you know, was better than I expected last year and kind of re-solidified his, his spot with the team, at least for another year or so. So maybe, yeah, maybe Gary's still got a little, you know, low average, high power, decent fantasy season. in him. Hey, what did you guys think of the Soto Whitlock combo that I took? So I took, I, I took Kimbrell as my first closer at 11 and then Soto came up and he, I got him for nine and I'm a believer in Hinch saying that that's the closer. And there just aren't that many teams that have made that announcement. So I said, all right, I'm going to take Soto. And then I said, and now I'm going to pay a little extra for Fulmer just to have a la football, the handcuff there. So I end up $15 for pretty much the whole, I mean, Cisnero, I guess could, he won't. He's he's not very good. I mean, maybe neither of them are very good. But what did you think, Clay and James? What do you think of that fifteen dollar buy the system pick? Well, I'll just say you know I've joked that Gregory Soto's like a fifty through a hundred, but he does look pretty good when he's able to dial it into the strike zone. And um, yeah, you, you love hearing that straight from the horse's mouth with the skipper saying he's the closer early on in the off season. Uh, I don't like typically to handcuff in fantasy baseball though, because it's rarely the guy you expect and reliever volatility is so crazy. But in this particular case, I don't, don't hate it. What do you think, James? Yeah. I mean, I think Soto for nine is totally 
fair. I think he gets over 20 saves, under 30 saves. Uh, but like if he gets you, even if he just got you 20 saves, I think $9 is totally fine, especially in an AL only. Um, I, my biggest regret in the whole auction was not uh, like I, I wanted Andrew Kittredge for 10 and um, I wish I just allocated my funds a little bit differently. Uh, like if I could have gotten Kittredge for 10 and Luis Severino for 10 instead yeah. of Luis Garcia and Nestor Cortez, I would probably swap that out just because I, Iglesias is the only guy on my roster, including my reserves, who's going to get saves. So I need to either fab that or trade for it uh, or just be content finishing. Like, where, Ian, where, if just having a Rysel Iglesias as the only guy on my roster who can get saves, where am I going to finish in the league in saves? Eighth. Yeah. That, Eighth. that seems right. You'll definitely find some on the waiver wire. But yeah. yeah, you'll find some on the waiver wire, but then you got to pay for it. I just don't. Last year, I took uh, Hendricks for 23, uh, Diego Castillo for eight, and Greg Soto for one. So I put out a big lead in saves and then was able to trade Soto for Max Kepler and Chris Flexen and $13 Nick Anderson, which I was able to get back in fab. And I uh, then traded Diego Castillo for, I don't remember who I traded him for, but that's the thing in this league is like, you can find, tra- you got to make trades. You got to say, all right, I'm up big in strikeouts. I don't need Manoa anymore. So I'll give Manoa for uh class A, you know, something like that. It's just, you gotta, you gotta make trades. You really gotta make trades. Ian, you, um, you mentioned Whitlock for nine, who you got, uh, I've been hearing a lot of buzz, especially from Red Sox, people who follow the Red Sox, that they're going to stretch him out. Is that? That's what I heard. That's the plan. Yeah. So that that's your, that, okay. I just wanted to double check. Yeah. Because if Whitlock, look, if Whitlock's a closer, <laughs> he's actually more valuable it, because right. then I've got four, then I've got three closers on the team, which is awesome. And then I can move one of them. But I read the same report and I thought of him as a starter. I just love the stuff. I think he's a really, what do you think, James? What do you think of the pitcher? Yeah, I uh, I like him. I think I bumped him up on my Dynasty League rankings because I now view him as a starting pitcher long-term, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Where I used he? to just be – Do you know? Uh, I don't know, probably in like the 200s somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I – you know, I, I wasn't confident that he was going to be the closer if they didn't stretch him out. I thought they might just use him as the fireman. Sweet so guy, yeah. Uh, more valuable in dynasty if they stretch him out. I think uh, there's also, I've heard chatter that the twins might stretch out Jorge Alcala, uh, which would be pretty interesting to me. I, I used to have Alcala as a guy that was one of my favorite spec guys for saves late in drafts, just cause I think he's better than Rogers. And I think the twins have shown a sort of lack of commitment to Rogers in recent seasons, but if they're stretching out Kala out and I don't see why they wouldn't given where they're at, uh, you would kind of maybe expect them to spend some of the year in triple A at least. Interesting. Well, we got to take care of a little bit of business here. Bear with me. And we'll be back with more AL labor talk with Ian Khan. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, 
live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register uh, register at WinBet today. Make a qualifying deposit and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. Also, experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you can claim that free RotoWire subscription. Visit rotowire.com/thrive. Deposit a minimum of ten dollars and receive a one hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred bucks. Then finally, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Finally, do you think your betting skills are good enough to win you tickets to the Final Four? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Better Edge is giving away a trip for two to the Final Four in New Orleans. All you have to do is join their contest at betteredge.com slash Final Four. Better Edge believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm. Odds are it's legal in your state. Check it out and enter their March Madness contest for a chance to win a trip to the Final Four. Head on over to betteredge.com slash Final Four. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Edge dot com slash final four terms and conditions apply all right james uh you said on this podcast last week that cody morris of cleveland was no longer a sleeper you got him for a buck here so he's still a sleeper in some rooms just not the uh dynasty and uh hardcore dc community but you had to be pretty thrilled to not get uh the plus one on cody morris or the like i saw colette I think threw out Matt Brash for two to protect get, against yeah. the plus one. And I was worried maybe <laughs> someone might do that with Morris, but I, that was my one prospect. Like Ian was referencing with Riley green, how he can just send him to the minors. That was my one guy who I was planning on doing that with, uh, you know, I, I don't know when he's going to be up, but I just think he could be a, you know, $10 player this year if he's up early. Uh but he's only a buck, so if he's not, then, you know, whatever. You've been kind of touting him and Mitch White of the Dodgers as, you know, deep sleepers. Would you draft either of those guys in, like, a 15-team mix or those more like waiver wire there and draft and AL? I'm hoping to draft both of them in my final. final Nice. I just did that. That's why I was wondering. (laughs) I took both Um, of those guys. They're buried by ADP, so. I was kind of like, I I haven't been able to take them yet. So I I hope they're still there when I pick, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You may have just shot yourself. There are guys where, you know, like we'll, we'll be two weeks into spring training and it'll be pretty clear whether they're holds or, or not in a 15 teamer, but I think they're fine end game plays there. Yeah. I love prioritizing youth and upside on with those late darts and you uh, turned me on to both some, again, appealing to authority a little bit. Ian, 
Uh, was there a player that got away for you? Was there one that, you know, aside from maybe Candelario, who we talked about, who you really kind of wish you'd uh, landed on your team? First, before before I answer that, and I'm going to find it, what did you think of the Jose Miranda for the buck that squeezed through there for me? James? I don't have an opinion, yeah. James. I was surprised he only went for one. Um, I He wasn't really part of my plan, uh, but I think that's a great buy. I mean, I think in – I'd be surprised if he had fewer than 400 plate appearances. That's very exciting. I, and also I've got him uh, for coverage for Donaldson. That was the, that was the other main mm. kind of like I want to make sure that I get him. Tough to say – like you don't know exactly where he slots in, but he will inevitably slot in. Like Donaldson will get hurt, or Sano will suck, or uh, they'll have to, you know, move, you know, Kirloff or Arias to the outfield, or you know, so, some some way somehow they'll they'll find a spot for him. Mm-hmm. And on the the player that got away, you know, who I'm gonna say Andrew Vaughn. I really wanted Andrew Vaughn this year. I think really? Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Andrew Vaughn is uh he he was for 12 bucks. I think for 12 bucks in ale only. I think he's going to get the 400 at bats, maybe a little bit more. I mean, what's the pedigree on that guy for me? Is you know, we're talking about the best hitter coming out of college when he came. I think they're going to find time for him this year and I mean, maybe get some DH time. Eloy of course, but yeah, this is a guy who's playing out of position all year he had never tried the outfield really and you, the, you look at glaber torres playing shortstop out of position you're spending all your time i think of the game from a psychological perspective he's spending all of his time thinking about hitting i mean pit, uh, fielding now i can't focus on hitting so much because i got to focus on this well now he's a year into that experience so he's gonna get some left field he's gonna get some right field uh maybe he gets some time at first base i i just think that andrew vaughn was a guy that i was saving up money for um, it's hard because I, Brett, Sarah, and I know each other's game so well now. And we know who we like because we're partnering on a on a team that I was just like, I knew he was going to take G-Man Choi at the end. I wanted to get G-Man Choi for two bucks, and I just knew there was just no way he was going to sneak by Brett. So I was holding off, holding off, holding off. Same with Andrew Vaughn, but he didn't get him. Somebody else got him. Was it? Oh, yeah, Ambrosius. NFBC team. NFBC yeah. got him. And the problem is, I if he didn't have all those kids, I would put together a package right now to go get Andrew Vaughn. But he needs Andrew Vaughn, and he, yeah, he, he needs somebody who's going to get at bats. So I don't think I can get him. I tried. I called Sean Childs, but <laughs> you already tried. Oh yes, I sir. respect that. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have guessed Andrew Vaughn if I had a hundred guesses on the guy who got away for you. Just because I don't know, twelve seems like a little bit of an overpay for me. But I had high expectations last year too, and maybe that's this is the time to buy off a guy who's you know, whose shine wore off really quick. And you're right, he was playing out of position. I just have a hard time seeing how the, the pieces fit there. But, James, what do you think? Is, is Vaughn a guy that you think more people should uh, be circling back on this draft season? I think he's a guy to go get in Dynasty. But I – and he was someone, like, when I was doing my prep in, like, October, I just assumed I would have Andrew Vaughn everywhere this year. But I just don't – quite trust Larusa to play him as much as he should. Sure. And I just I don't think they've done what they needed to do with that roster to clear a spot for him because a break they have like they have like 
three or they have four guys who should get playing time at DH, right? They have other than Vaughn, they have Abreu, they have Eloy, they have Grandal, they have Gavin Sheets. So those are four guys who are going to yeah. play some DH this year. <clears throat> and we saw last year, like, like I, I don't expect Andrew Vaughn to be a significantly better outfielder this year than he was last year. And we saw his defense cost him playing time last year. So I just, I, I think Andrew Vaughn will be great uh, whenever he's given the keys to every, every day at bats and is just left alone. I just am willing to kind of miss out if it happens to be this year that that happens. You know, I, I was mentioning the youngsters that the NFBC team got. I didn't even mention Josh Lowe. Josh Lowe at three. I'm a little surprised you didn't push him, James, but that was kind of looks like in the end game. And um, and part of the reason I didn't get Lowe or Riley Green, like I, you know, I, I look at the draft board now and I think Riley Green at five and Josh Lowe at three are, are two of the better buys. But uh, it was just kind of auction dynamics and where mm-hmm. the roster spots were. And, you know, I I – I got in on those, those starting pitchers we talked about earlier, uh, probably at the cost of maybe uh, getting in on either green or low. But I mean, you know, three dollars for low and a ale only is is really nice. And rather green at five, I think could really pay off as well. And I got our guy Manuel Margot James for eight. <laughs> That's pretty. I, I like I always, that. I was. I wanted. To... I wanted Margot. I think that was another one. I, did you get him late as well? Uh, no, late-ish? I got uh, two thirds in or so. Um, yeah. Okay. So well, I think I, got... I. I think I got like four outfielders fairly by the halfway point, maybe. But uh, I mean, I Margot at eight. I just love that because it's. Yeah. You kind of know what the play. You know he's not going to play every day, but you know he's going to play five days a week. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping and counting on and he'll run too. It's all about speed. Give me speed so I can trade speed. And then I can, you want to put your, your trade partners in a position that they need to make the play, which is why that first trade that happened right after the, the auction worked out so well, because my fear was I'm eventually going to have to make a trade, but whoever I make the trade with, they've got all the leverage in the world, right? They've got the leverage because they know I need a bat. So that's what I was trying to avoid. And so Colette and I were both in a situation where we, bo- so it took away all leverage and then it just became, okay, let's make the f- most fair trade that we can. So both teams get better. And that's what we did. And I'm pretty, pretty darn happy with it. Can't nice. wait to have Vladimir Guerrero, man. Yeah. And I love Vladdy. What I actually your, passed on him your, in TGFB. I had to take Bo shit. What was your Sorry. price on him, Ian? My price on Vlad was 38. Yeah. 38. Jason, I think, didn't he jump him from 32 to 40? That's what he did. He jumped it from 32 to 40. And I literally went, oh, well, looks like Jason's the new clay. I mean, I literally said that in my head. I was like, well, all right. Well, I guess you, you've been waiting for clay to leave so you can have him. I've been known to do some poorly timed jump bids. That bite Yeah, you jump bidded. You jump bidded. Bidded is not a word. You jump bid him last year, I think, from 17 to 24 and silenced the room. <laughs> And I was like, wow, what are you going to do? And I, yeah. I, please, with Clay, I did the same thing. I would never bid up Clay. And then Clay would, oh, we, Clay used to, you, I'd bid you, you, you would, you would. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a cutthroat room. You got to, it is. It you, is. You know, you're, I appreciate that you do that, but you've also bid me up sometimes. So you can't say that really. you've never bid me. I don't know. Um, I was going to say one thing about those outfielders. I, I feel like Margot could be moved along with Kiermaier, but as you said, they get traded to an NL team because they're they were with an AL team on draft night. 
Uh, you'll get their stats regardless 100%. of where they end up. Uh, the reserve rounds are pretty much a wasteland in the uh, mono league formats. But uh, James, we'll start with you. Were there any reserve picks that you were kind of happy with, or were they all just kind of like I guess I'll take this guy? I mean, they were all like my sixth preference. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a, I had a big. I think I was picking. 10th i think they randomized the reserve they did which is crap they shouldn't randomize it it should i should have gotten the first pick i said that to steve if you win the championship i don't want the auction first throw i want the first pick in the reserves that's what i want i had a queue of like eight guys um that were ahead of casas that all went uh so and that was kind of true with all every pick i was just picking like my third or fourth choice at that point so um it was really tough to get the value i wanted in the reserve round but i wasn't really surprised by that i know you're not giving up on eli morgan and clay holmes was the guy you kind of expect to plug in for cody morris right he's a reliever yeah. went from pittsburgh to new york yankees yeah he's he's got good stuff too he has good numbers too i i had a very different experience with for the first time with the reserves clay i actually feel great about it hmm. In the last two years, the reserves would come. In first year in Florida, us living together in the same part, same hotel room. Thank you, Clay Link. Um, living together, living yeah, together. Well, we had together. two two days, two two yeah. three days. We were together. Um, the the first year, I was like, oh wait, there's reserves. I better figure this out, right? Nothing. It was bad. The second year, last year, I did a little bit of a better job. This year, I feel like I I did well. I feel like I really did a good job. Uh, again, all this, all this feeling good about yourself will end on May 1st when I come back on the show and you're like, Ian, you're in last place. And I'll say, yeah, I am. But as of today, my first pick was, uh, Nick Gordon, who to me was a target in the draft. I wanted Nick Gordon. I want that speed. I want that power similar to Mateo, same ball of wax, 200 at bats, four home runs, eight stolen bases with a decent average. I know the hit tool isn't ridiculous. He's not everything we thought he was going to be. But I think he's going to play, and I can put him in right away for Riley Green, which was what I wanted to make sure of. My second pick, and I was deciding between him and Tristan Cassis because I go to James Anderson's prospect list, and I went and I uh, filtered down 2022, and the top of his list was Tristan Cassis, which at the time with Voight I kind of could use because I didn't love, like if Jose Miranda doesn't get the thing, Tristan Cassis, I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to take the sure thing with Nick Gordon, or what I think is the sure thing with Nick Gordon. Comes back around to me. I went, um, uh, was it George Kirby? I took George Kirby second. Uh, I don't, J- James, when will he come up? When will he come up? July? Uh, I mean, I have no idea. Maybe June. June okay. if he's healthy. Great. And I think he's going to be good. I like the stuff. I like the pitcher. Um, and then third pick, I took Adam Engel because as of now on roster resource, Adam Engel is the starting right fielder for the Chicago White Sox. And I don't think it's going to work that way, but that's, that's what, uh, that's what we're, that's what I'm hoping for. And then I took, I felt really good about this. I took Cole Irvin who is in the rotation and he's not great, but if I need to put him in for a week, a good matchup, I can do it at home. Then I took uh, AJ Alexi, who's also presently in the rotation in based on roster resource. And then I took a, a, a kind of a flyer on Matt Boyd with the last pick. And I feel great about that. If he signs in the American league and he's back in June, first thing I can do is throw him on the injured list. Hopefully I'll be able to do that. Um, and then, uh, you know, if he, si- if he signs in the American league, I've got a sixth starter 
for a reserve pick for the lap, my last reserve pick. So I don't know, man. I mean, everyone loves their team when they leave. I didn't, I love my team more now after the trade. We'll see what happens. You know, it's, it's good though that you like your reserves. That's pretty rare in a league like this. Maybe the kiss of death to like your reserves. Are there any of those reserves, James, that you like that I picked that you're like, oh, uh, not bad? Go, Gordon and Engel are my two mm-hmm. favorites because of just the fact that Play you can appearances. plug them in. Yeah, and I can put them in and take them out. Clay, how about you? Same or? Um, I kind of like the shot on, on Kirby just because – I think maybe you mentioned it or somebody mentioned like your bench bench spots really are not costly at all. Like you're going to, a lot of times you're going to have a short bench. So I don't hate the idea of stash and Kirby there until he comes up and Boyd people used to like, uh, if he signs with an AL team, that could be a nice little, you know, $5 player for you. Yeah. But it is hard to like <laughs> these guys down here. A little surprised to see Garrett Crochet within the reserve. Uh, James I like that. Paxton, Jackson Coar, Trevor Larnick went in the reserves. How much did Larnick's teammates um, Kirilov go for? 14. Kirilov went for 14. He went for 14 to Colton and the Wolfman. I was at 13. And what you'll notice is it's like, well, Ian, wow, you're on every player. I'm in on every player until the cost gets beyond the value. I, uh, I was in on way to play it. I was in on Kirilov. Uh, up to I think I had 17 marked for Kirloff, and my wife called me like right as he was getting nominated, and I like looked away for 30 seconds, and he was oh, gone. Man. So I I would have I would have been in. <laughs> I would have pushed Kirloff. I don't know how much. I like uh, that Kirloff play because he's got first base and outfield, and that's so huge. Yeah. That the yeah. dual eligibility is so valuable in this format. Another guy yeah, I like is I Jonathan think. Scope in this format a lot because he's going to get you at bats. That's that's what it's about. He's going to give you numbers. The, I won that he's, league last year based on the boring. Jose Iglesias is my middle infielder for four bucks, getting 65 runs and 47 RBIs when if I didn't have him, I'd be getting 12 and 14. That's the key in this format. Well, James, I asked Ian, like, if there's one that got away, is there one that you wish you could have back that you kind of wish, I wish I hadn't gone that extra dollar? I mean, it's. I I mean, I was happy to buy uh, Garcia for eighteen, Luis Garcia for eighteen in real time, uh, but I. After the auction, I, I knew that not getting Kittredge was, my biggest mistake, uh, and like I, I keep bringing up Kittredge, I don't think he's going to get twenty five saves, but I think he's going to get twenty five saves plus wins. And with really good ratios, and really I just, good. I just nice botched. Like I, if, I just needed to find a way to have the money to get the second source of saves onto my roster, and so uh, I don't regret any of my hitter purchases. And I think I spent the kind of perfect amount on my hitters. But if if I had to reallocate funds on the pitching side, I would have taken a lesser starter with Kittredge instead of Garcia and one of the other pitchers I took. That's kind of how I see Jonathan Malaysia, just saves plus wins being pretty nice. But yeah, I know you got a ton of Luis Garcia, um, but maybe the price was crept up a little high this time. Ian, did you have any mistakes? I don't see any on your roster, but do you well, have he, any mentioned, he mentioned it. 
Oh yeah, of course. Kimbrel. The Kimbrel. The Kimbrel. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't like, I like to draft in every league. I want to relax. I want to be relaxed. And Kimbrel provides me having to look every day. Well, not every day, but to keep my eye out. Is the trade happening? Is the trade happening? And in the meanwhile, it's not like he's going to kill my ratios unless he performs like he did in the eighth inning last year. Then he will kill my ratios. But um, if, when, and if he moves, he will get me a lot of saves. Combine that with Gregory Soto slash Fulmer. I think I should be okay. And I want to say something because I got to, um, I want to thank you guys. Cause you know, you guys brought me into the industry in a way. And now I've been at the athletic for four years, but it was, it was starting out with, with James and with you, Clay, you guys bringing me on to Rotowire uh, to do the dynasty rankings was sort of, the beginning of my like really industry career. So I, anytime I get a chance to hang out with you guys and see you guys and say, thank you again, I want to take that opportunity because uh, without you guys, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Oh, that's really nice. He's saying that was a no brainer for us. Uh, of course, we loved having you contribute and yeah, glad you are a part of this community with us. Here. Well, thanks man. Always great. And, and, uh, and again, I'm going to just do one more plug. Uh, the uh, athletic fantasy baseball podcast, uh, under the radar with Nando Dufino, Dark Van Riper, and myself once a week. It's it's you know I think we do some pretty good analysis, but it's a fun it's a fun show to do. You know, it's like you, you, you just have a good time. You and uh, DVR should should razz uh, Nando about his his Tout Wars draft and hold team on next week's episode. I just can't. Do, we can't. We've tried. <laughs> We've tried. When he I, there was somebody he took in the fourth, and we're just like, dude. He's like, look. I mean, I I, I believe in him. He's gonna be gone. He's gonna be gone. And, yeah, that's uh, a good so, Nando impression. You got all you got all the impressions yeah. on lock. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. respect that. Well, you know. yeah, I, uh, it's been great having you guys. Any last thoughts from you, James, before we sign off today? No, I'd really appreciate Ian taking the time. I know you're extremely busy. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be talking soon about about something else uh, that I'll talk to you about off air. But um, really appreciate you you hopping on, man. Okay, guys, it's my pleasure. Uh, really fun, as always. And now I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Now everyone's going to be like, oh, I feel unsatisfied. But, you know, is this a new league? It's a new league. I can feel it. I can feel it. It's a new league. <laughs> or we got to partner up. It's the first year that we're not partnering in any league in a very long time. So we may have to talk about that, James. And hopefully yep, we can have you on later this year on the XM show to talk about the – Inevitable trades that will be going down in labor and just to track because I'm excited to see how you guys battle it out uh, with the other 10 participants over the course of the year. Thank you all for listening. Thanks again to Ian Khan. Check him out with his work at The Athletic. We'll be back next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast brought to you by WinBet. Cheers, guys.